This is the Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel in San Antonio. A live call-in show here to help you answer your questions about the Bible and how to apply the Word to your daily life. For more information on Calvary Chapel, visit our website, calvarysa.com. Get your Bible questions ready and call in now to 210-340-9585. It's The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome to the show, and you know it's Thursday. That means it's not just with Pastor Ron, but this is the date day edition of the program, and Paula is live in studio. We're waiting for your phone calls and questions and comments, and all you have to do is dial 210-340-9585. If you're outside the local San Antonio area, you can call toll-free at 877-630-KSLR. Numerically, at 630-5757. You can email questions to us by emailing questions at calvarysa.com, or you can send questions in using our free Calvary Chapel mobile app. If you're driving in your car, the safest way to call is to use the free KSLR mobile app. Just hit the Call Now banner at the top of the screen, and you'll be connected directly to our studio producer. Our main number, one more time, is 340-9585. Paula, you look beautiful. You look brilliant. So it's your show. <laughs> well, thank you so much, you genius filled with the spirit, well, holy man. Your, your outfit matches. You know right. that's right. <laughs> Since I was a little kid, the top has to match the bottom, and then you can throw in any kind of pants, you know. But, um, yeah, first thing I want to say is, uh, Pesaron, in the 1984 NIV, would you please look up Philemon? Uh, verse 6, because in the NIV that I have on my it's and horrible. yeah, it doesn't say what I wanted, what I'm used to it saying in the NLT. It says, I, I don't even have to look it up. I, I pray that you'll be active in sharing your faith mm-hmm. so that you'll have a full understanding of every good thing that we have in Christ. I love how that sounds. It's, and it's that's just, just the way it should be. But um, that's what my week so far has been like. And what a blessing that is. Um, as people are asking me questions or asking for prayer, um, you know, and counsel, it's just um, been really, really kind of a cool thing. You know, as I'm um, talking and sharing, um, the Holy Spirit just takes over, you know, like I don't feel like, um, and, and that's the thing you teach us, it doesn't matter how you feel or what you think, but if you're just with Jesus and just relax, you know, um, he just kind of takes over the conversations. And um, it's just been a fun, fun week for me in Good. that regard. So Good. Well, let's get back to that. But, but would you uh, yesterday ask for prayer for Lucy and Chris? That was my first thing okay. why you were going to look mm-hmm. up. The, like, oh, you knew it. So. Yeah, I, know. Yeah, I, I use that verse a lot. I, I know. It's one do. of my... Yeah. In my heart, favorites. If you had a tattoo, that would be one of. If you had a tattoo, that's a funny thing. You know, I you, want one. You want one, I know. But I want, if, I want a lot of them in color. <laughs> that's the thing, because as you're teaching, you say, "This is my favorite. This is my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite." You would have them everywhere. So yeah, but uh, yeah, thank you everybody for praying for Chris, um, and and then my twin sister Lucy. They are both doing quite well, Lucy. As far as I know, is not home from the hospital yet, but she she sent a picture this morning. She says, I feel like a new Lucy. Um, Thank everybody for their thoughts and prayers. And then she said, joy, 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 like nine times. Joy, 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 joy. Um, She's just so excited, and I'm so excited for her. Well, Lucy would not mind me sharing this, give everybody sort of an idea of what's going on. Lucy is a, a, a lady in our church. We've known her and her husband, Aaron, for, um, oh, I don't know. 18 years. 18 years. And uh, Lucy, in the last two years, has lost more than 200 pounds. Um, she's extended her life 
immeasurably. Um, and, and we love her so much, and she's so full of God's Spirit and so full of joy. And yet, um, you know, she wasn't going to live very long, and, and I'm, I, I just couldn't be prouder of the example she set mm-hmm. and the hard work that she's put in. <laughs> and uh, this surgery was the surgery to remove all of the excess skin. Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of pain, mm-hmm. but um, um, she, she was, when, when I heard you talk to her on the speaker this morning, um, all she was doing was talking about what a blessing the nurses were and the mm-hmm. doctors and mm-hmm. how she's telling people about Jesus. Mm-hmm. And, and uh, so through the pain, and she says, I feel like Lucy. Yeah, and a new Lucy. A new Lucy. Yeah. So that's really, I'm really so great. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah. The, our church has been praying, Lord, please extend her life and, and give she and Aaron more time together. You know, they've both been working very hard at this whole thing to get her to this point and to be able to celebrate um, for quite a little while now. Um, her health is just going to be so much better. I told her the other night, you're going to be so awesome, Lucy. Yeah. So I'm excited for you. Yeah. So and thank you guys for and, and And just to be clear, we don't care at all about appearance. That's not the issue. But she's healthy. Yeah. And, and this is just going to make her look the way she feels now mm-hmm. and uh, what an inspiration she can be to a lot of people. A lot so of that's people. great. Yeah. And then Chris who had ankle reconstruction surgery. Now mm-hmm. my latest report is he's doing fine, mm-hmm. but he's a little on the grumpy, crotchety side <laughs> because of the pain that he's <laughs> yeah. in. Yeah. And um, um, I'm sure Chris isn't listening to the program today, but uh, remember Chris that Jesus is there with you <laughs> and the people trying to help you let him help. Yeah. Yeah. It's hard to be uh, in pain or sick and, and, and then try to remain joyful as well. It was what you talked about last night, but that's more for the, you were talking about the more elderly of us. I was talking about my bros. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what we call your people, huh? Okay, yesterday I had a, 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 a question, Ron, before we get into anything else. Um, so it was, let me get to this. Uh, Galatians 5.24, uh, the question was, um, you know, lust is a sin, right? And, of course, yes. Those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. And, and you know, we're saved, but there still are passions and desires that come up. Um, but, you know, if you're really a Christian, this is, you know, we're supposed to crucify our flesh with those passions and desires. And then Ephesians 2, 3 um, says, All of us also lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our flesh. And then 1 John 2, 16 says this, um, but he was, re- let me see. No, I, I went to the wrong one. Um, oh, let me see, First John 2. Sorry, sorry, everybody. I'm uh, tripping over my words here, just trying to get organized. For everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. And so all of those scriptures were kind of bringing some condemnation um, which came this question. Lust is, a, lust is a sin, but, and this is all for you, Pastor Ron, but how about in marriage? Oh. Well, I, I think first, before I answer that question, um, when, when we have to realize the difference between our positional relationship with Christ and our practical relationship with Christ, so when Paul says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the sinful nature with its passion and desires, it means we put him to death. But we're also told to, to do that daily. We still have the battle with, with our flesh. And mm-hmm. uh, sometimes Paul and people read those passages and think, well, well, if I'm still lusting, I must not be saved. No, it's just a decision that we have to make um, to die daily to ourselves, mm-hmm. to take captive the thoughts mm-hmm. that are contrary to the will of God for us. And then, and, and, and not only crucify them, but make them obedient 
to God. So this is an ongoing battle that we're always going to have. So the idea of lust, and we, we don't have to define that. We know what lust is. Um, but the idea of lust in marriage, it's a completely different context. Mm-hmm. You know, if I'm jealous of somebody, then that's sin. But if I'm jealous for my relationship with God, or if I'm jealous for you, not of you, but jealous for you, mm-hmm. um, then then those are good things. So the context changes all of that. Mm-hmm. And one needs only to read the Song of Solomon. And, and we find out that lust within a marriage is a wonderful thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I call it holy lust. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it's something that we, we need to be grateful to God for. So, so there, there are thoughts that are appropriate toward a wife or to a husband that are completely inappropriate toward anybody else. Mm-hmm. So the context determines what the value is. But, but lust between a husband and a wife is a good and a holy thing. Yeah. And it's just a, the, the, the sexual gift that God has given us is one that he is to be worshipped and praised for repeatedly. Mm-hmm. I, I totally agree. So only reason I posed that question to you is because, you know, not that people question my counsel, but I, they love to hear it come from their pastor as well. <laughs> and so that's why I posed that to you. They don't know you give me all my good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, last night you were talking about um, uh, Isaac and Rebecca, how, and we can go back in marriage on this one as well, um, how they kind of lost their, their intimacy with the Lord. And as a result, they lost intimacy with each other. And as that result, they caused great damage in their family. And so, um, you know, I was telling you as, I, as you got out of the car to come into the office, I said, you know, I either had a dream or just thought this about having altar calls again. Um, because, you know, we can come to church and sit, but there is a complete difference. There's another dynamic when um, the altar call is given and people are given that opportunity to stand up, um, come forward, and then, you know, First John 1, 9 says, if you are faithful to confess your sins, he is faithful to forgive you of your sins. And then the coolest part is, and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so... Not having the altar calls is allowing people maybe just to kind of sit and then, you know, okay, so I didn't have to say anything to anybody, and a lot of that is pride, too. Um, I didn't have to say anything to anybody or to confess, even though I may have said a few words to Jesus. But we can leave out of church, and praise the Lord, the people are coming back to church, but we can leave out of church and stay the same. There's no change, and there's not anybody that we've shared with who can kind of hold us accountable. We don't have, like, accountability things like how you doing this week, but who will pray for that person through the week, and the Holy Spirit is so faithful. And so I don't know um, if it's time for us to talking about me giving you your good stuff. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) If it's time for um, altar calls to come back again, because not only do we have aging saints um, that we were talking about, that you're talking about in the message last night, but we have messy saints. (laughs) We do. Mm -hmm. You know, Paula, we, we, um, um, just by way of explanation uh, for for our radio audience, uh, we've been doing a lot of things differently. Communion's been done differently. Um, our invitations are done differently. Every, we, we give an invitation every service. Um, but, but just to avoid people coming up front and avoid the one-on-one prayer time, Friday nights is the one that breaks my heart the most because we have people who, who are there available for prayer. Um, and and uh, out of uh, respect for those who are afraid uh, of, of uh, contracting the virus, uh, or for those who would simply be more comfortable maintaining some distance. Uh, this year, since since the quarantines have started, we have been, um, I think, wisely and rightfully um, um, changing things. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we're going to go back and do some of those things in come the first of the year. So, okay. um, you know, we're not going to change the way we do church, but we have changed some things, mm-hmm. and it'll probably be a while longer 
before we have our meet and greet and that kind of thing that we've been having forever yeah. here at Calvary Chapel. And um, I just think it's 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 time for us. Um, we got a lot of things on our plate coming up in the new year. Lots of things mm-hmm. are changing. Mm-hmm. Um, we need to be the church, yeah. and we need to be there and available for people. So we'll be doing that again, but we just want to ease back into it more slowly. And I think people are ready for it. You know, the the message that I gave this past Sunday, um, um, Pastor Ken called me or came up between services. He said, you know what? We'll have more people available. For the, the whole room would have come up with it for an invitation had you given it. And I think it's important to give Christians. We're not talking about the salvation altar call, although that, in fact, uh, does occur every service without people coming forward. But we give two invitations. We give an invitation for people to get saved. And the second invitation that we always give is an invitation for Christians who've fallen away from the Lord, who aren't walking with him, to get right with him again, to do that first John, confess your sins and, mm-hmm. and, and, and be purified. Mm-hmm. Paula, we got Melissa holding on line one, so let's take a phone call. Hi, Melissa. Thanks for calling. You are on the air. Hi, Pastor Ron. How, hi, Paula. How are you? Hi. <laughs> I hi. love you so much. Oh, thanks. I love you, too, also. Um, I do have a question. Um, I have someone on uh, the radio that's listening in California. I was in a Bible study last night, a Zoom Bible study, um, and um, we were discussing the plagues that uh, God sent in the Old Testament. And the facilitator of the Bible study went in on the COVID situation Mm. and said that God sent COVID and that we need to start praying and fasting for God to heal the land. And I think I told you about this Bible study before that I've been in Mm -hmm. with some friends in California. It's that they're, they're new in the church and new to reading the Bible. And so they invited me there and after it, I usually talk to this one individual and say, no, that wasn't correct. This wasn't correct. That's not biblical, this kind of thing. And so it got to a point in the study uh, last night where they just kept saying that uh, God sent this pestilence. And, you know, this is the same Bible study that's always bringing up Trump in the Bible study as well. And um, I'm always the one that's, you know, they're saying, no, 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 no. And yesterday it just got to a point where I was like, that's not true. And I think it's very reckless that you're saying that God sent this. This is a something that was created by man. Man created this, but God will use it to bring glory to him and bring the people back. So I was just wondering if you can talk a little bit on this and maybe clear it up a little bit, bring some clarity to this. Because when I talk to people about COVID and they, you know, are new believers or they don't believe at all, they're always saying God is is a hateful God. He's at this. He's at that. He's the one that did this. And I'm like, he didn't do this. Man did it. So I'm just going to get off the phone so I can listen to you, and um, then she and I will probably discuss it a little bit later. Okay. Thank you, Melissa. Thanks very much. Sure, thank you. You, mm-hmm. um, you know, um, as far as I know, the Chinese sent the coronavirus, not God. Um, and Melissa, I know I, uh, another question, the, the facilitator of this particular Zoom Bible study um, uh, concerns me greatly, and, and I warned you to be careful. Uh, and and uh, you're more discerning than most, but it really concerned me this time when you said that it's mostly new believers. And um, a facilitator has a lot of of opportunity to be an influencer. And this is a, a man or a woman, I don't know which, but uh, he, he or she is using their influence and misrepresenting God in the process. Now, let me make this clear. God did not send the coronavirus. Again, it came from China. It spread all over the world. 
Um, and as you said, God is using it. But even that phraseology, Melissa, is a little problematic. Uh, God uses everything. God works all things together for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. And God will take advantage of any opportunity that he has to reach people's hearts. But God did not send this. Uh, you remember that the plagues in Egypt, when God sent them, those plagues affected uh, only the Egyptians. Uh, the Israelites, those in Goshen, were protected from them, God making distinction between his people and the Egyptians, and the judgment was on the Egyptians. Well, in the same way, if this was a plague that was sent from God, he would then make a distinction between his people and unbelievers, the pagans in this world. Uh, God it's in, is incapable, not incapable in the sense that he couldn't do it, but but by virtue of his character, his nature, God is incapable of judging his own people. We have been judged once and for all on the cross. Jesus took the punishment, the judgment that we deserve. And, and throughout um, history, God judges um, his people differently than the people in the world. Now, certainly God... Um, there are consequences to the sins as Christians that we commit, the decisions that are ungodly that we make. There are consequences. But believe me, when God judges people, he's going to judge them all, and he'll do it at the same time. And we will be with him. Read Revelation chapter 19. We will be with him when that happens. And that will be a judgment that will be poured out uh, on the earth, and and um, uh, and that will be the, the, just God judging the the rapture of the church. Um, when that happens, then the great tribulation begins, and jo- God is then going to judge the inhabitants of the earth. But this is a a Bible study, Melissa, uh, where the facilitator is way, way, way overstepping. And while I don't think it's necessarily. Um, your obligation to correct him or her uh, during the Bible study unless they give you the freedom to do that. Um, I just think it's a point where we've got to be more discerning and avoid those who would cause us to stumble. And um, this this is a, a dangerous Bible study, especially in, in its impact upon new believers. So um, for your friend in California... God didn't send this. Um, God is using it. Uh, Paula, I said at the beginning of this, and I said it when it first began, that God is going to use this to shake, shake out, out his church. Yeah. He didn't cause it, but he'll use it to shake out his church. And here we are some um, nine months into the into the, 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 the outbreak of it here in, in our city. And uh, we've seen that shaking out. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are people who have been in church for years and years and years who haven't been back. And there are many, many more who won't come back. Mm -hmm. It's just God is sort of separating the wheat and the tares. And uh, again, I'm not judging anybody's heart who's staying away from church. But um, the idea is the people that aren't committed in these last days are going to really, really struggle. And I think God is really showing us where our heart is. Mm -hmm. And those of us who, um, because of this, are more encouraged to proclaim the gospel. We're, we're bolder, just like Paul said uh, of the, the, from uh, the Philippians. He said, you know, mm-hmm. they've been bolder since because of my chains to proclaim the gospel of Christ. Yeah. I think that is really what's going to identify the real believers from those who are marginal, lukewarm. Um, Jesus makes a distinction in his letter to the churches in Laodicea. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think we've got to accept responsibility and, and, and be honest and say, Lord, um, you shook me out. How can I get shaken back in? Yeah. And, and that happens with yeah. your first John 1, 9 verse. Mm-hmm. If you confess your sins, he's faithful and just to forgive you and purify you mm-hmm. from all unrighteous and give you good standing. Paul, yeah. we've got inside two minutes. Yeah, you know, I, for a long time, I was a fair weather Christian. Things should always go well. If I'm serving you, Jesus, then I should have no problems. And I think a lot of people uh, come to Christ thinking that my marriage will get better, you know, my kids will do everything right. And yet that's not true. And for that facilitator over there, Melissa, I'm getting ready to, the next time I teach, 
James 3.1 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. Another version says, should not presume to be teachers, for we who teach will be judged more strictly. And that man who's causing those little ones to stumble, or older woman, whoever it is, um, man, God's going to call them account. Why did you mess with my little ones? Melissa, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Hey, we'd love your calls and comments. 340-9585 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. This is the Date Day edition of The Word to Stand Up for Life. We will be back on the other side of the break. We'll see you in two minutes. Don't have time to call into The Word to Stand On for Life? No problem. If you've got questions, you can email them to Pastor Ron at PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. That's PastorRonKSLR at gmail.com. Welcome back to the Word to Stand On for Life. We're taking your calls at 340-9585 or toll-free 877-630-KSLR. Now, here's Pastor Ron Arbaugh. Welcome back to the program. We've got 30 minutes left for Paula's brilliance to come out over the airwaves. 340-9585. Paula, while we were at the break, we had an email come in just now from Princess. And it says, hi, I listened to Paula's testimony from a 2017 luncheon. It was powerful. I was wondering, how is your relationship with your mom now, or if you were able to reconcile at all? Hi, Princess. We haven't heard from you in quite a while. Good to hear from you. Um, well, I have, uh, the, I, I don't know if I told the radio audience, but the last time I actually saw my mom to talk to her was at my third ministry, H-E-B, in my city. And uh, the time before that and the time before that, when I saw her at ATB, um, she wasn't very friendly, um, but I was thankful that she didn't really, you know, create a big scene. So this last time when I saw her in the store, um, I I didn't even want to go down the aisle, but it was like the Lord said, go on over there, say hi. So I said, hi, mom. And she looked at me and she said, I'm sorry. And that was like, you know, my, my heart was going to start jumping like, really, you're sorry for all that you didn't know? But she said, I'm sorry. I don't know who you are. And so I said, I'm Paula. And then she pondered a little bit more. And then she goes, my daughter, Paula? And I'm going to tell you, Princess, ever since that phrase kind of is stuck in my head. And every once in a while, my daughter, Paula? Um, but anyway, um, I said, yes. And then she she hesitated a little longer, and she said, so how many grandbabies do you have now? And so I told her about the kids and their wives and my our five grandchildren. And then she goes, oh, that's nice. And then she walked away. Well, since then, I have been to her home, which is directly across the street from our church. A lot of people don't know that. Um, but I, I, I think I went there maybe five or six different times um, and uh, she would never, you know, open the door. I didn't know if she was there or not. And so um, the next door neighbor says that she still lives there and maybe I need to knock harder. So the next time I went, I knocked harder and I saw her coming from, because she has a, a, a curtain open, I saw her very spryly coming to the door, but she never would open it. And so there has been no reconciliation as far as face-to-face. But the the sweetest thing is there is no um, bitterness or unforgiveness in my heart. And it was really good to see that she was still spry. But because she didn't recognize me in the store, I'm pretty proud of her for not opening the door to a stranger, <laughs> <laughs> basically. But no, there's there's been no reconciliation. And the prayer has been for years that if we don't have a relationship here on earth— um, Maybe in heaven. And so only God knows. Yeah. Uh, Paula, your mom is, suffers from severe bipolar disorder. Mm-hmm. 
Um, Hypermanic depressant yeah. is what the doctor told us back in the day. Yeah. It wasn't just bipolar. Well, it's changed. It's yes. now now they they categorize it bipolar. That's but, right. But the, the idea is she she wouldn't um, take her medication and she was very destructive. So mm-hmm. we keep praying for. Her. I pray for her every day. Yeah. And, um, you know, we keep waiting for the Lord to open a door. We want to be sure she gets into heaven. Yeah. Um, she certainly knows about Jesus, but, yeah. but our prayer is that she knows him. Yeah, and, and, and that he knows her. He knows her yeah. and, and her um, mental difficulties are what's caused all the pain. And mm-hmm. you've been a trooper, you know, not holding on to unforgiveness. Um, and that's tough. Yeah, it, I mean, it took a long time. You know, it took a long time, and then when things would come up with other people who um, have the same kind of thing, all those memories would come flooding back, and it's really hard not to put your story into their story, to listen to their story without saying, yeah, girl, I know. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, just be so upset all over again. Um, but to just know, you know, how many times over the many years that God um, protected me physically, um, and now um, emotionally, and so, but yeah, it's it's no reconciliation as far as, you know, hi, mom, how are you doing? Let's go to lunch, none of that kind of stuff. Um, and in some cases, it, I don't, it, it may never be, and I have to be okay with that. Good. Yeah. Thank you, Paula. Princess, I hope that answers your question. Paula's testimony is quite powerful, what the Lord has done, um, you know, with difficulties at home. Paula's dad died when she was 11. Her mom was not mentally well. Uh, then she married Ron the Jerk. Um, I was Ron the Cute for a long time, but then I you, turned into... Yeah, you were so <laughs> cute. I wasn't saved, but I did hear that voice, and so the Lord knew, but you were amazingly cute. I couldn't... I'm, I'm sorry, I didn't hear that. Would you repeat that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and and to have a husband turn out the way I did, I mean, a lot of pain. It's it's a wonder you're even standing. It's a wonder I still thriving. have any brain because I thought I'm going to just lose it, you know, to be raised with a mom like that. My it was like my my dad was the caregiver, you know, and and when he died, it was like no no no, you were the shield between, you know, her and my brother and me and and. Now he's gone. Oh my gosh! Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I got stories. But anyway, um, and then tell the audience about your brother a little bit. He's he's still in your life. Yeah, my brother's still in, in my life, and that's kind of a miracle too. Because when you have such a violent um, mom, um, we kind of lost track, and I didn't want him to know where I was because he would give her my phone and or address, and you know. Um, because he just, for the longest time, he just thought, well, if she just, you know, can reconnect with you, everything would be okay. No, Ray, I was the one that was all the violence was toward. Um, and so for the longest time, he didn't understand that it was just, I mean, my brother called me, what, three weeks ago, apologizing for all that. And we're in our late 60s now. And I'm talking from when we were little kids. And so he, his eyes have just been opened. And um, for me to not hold unforgiveness and bitterness toward him um, only was released maybe, I don't know what, 10 years ago, if that. Because, man, it was like, dude, don't they have Christians where you live? Because <laughs> he said, if I put her with real Christians, and I was thinking, they got Christians where you live? Why you have to bring her next to You know, so anyway, all that forgiveness. But yeah, um, but he is a wonderful, wonderful man. He is such a nice guy. He's kind of like our younger son, Terry. Just nice, but they both need Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so he didn't get it. I mean, really. But he understood that she should be around real Christians. Yeah. So he saw a difference. And in that, I can rejoice. Now, he's the athletic director at Arizona, Arizona State, State University. Arizona State University. And, Doing well, uh, yeah. loves his job, wants to influence young people in a way that he sees uh, his brother-in-law, Pastor Ron, and his sister, you know, doing. Um, and yet, you know, the only real influence is for Christ. Yeah. You can we, be n- nice and good and all that stuff and still go to hell. We, we actually had him here at the academy. He did a, an assembly mm-hmm. uh, at, at the academy. 
uh, a couple of years ago. Yeah. And um, um, to just talked about, especially to our older kids, mm-hmm. about what college life was about, what they could expect. Uh, talked to them a little about about, about Arizona State University. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, and you and I, we love Phoenix. Yeah. We just love Phoenix. So. Um, no offense, San Antonio. Yeah. <laughs> We're desert rats. We kind of yeah. like it. And yeah. we lived for 12 years in, in the Phoenix area. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just, um, he's doing well. And yeah. Okay. Loves it. So now what do you want to talk about? Well, uh, you know, you've been talking about Christians. Let's grow up in our walk. And then it's time to grow up. It was so cute. No longer baby Huey. You know? <laughs> That was um, Sunday. That was Sunday, and I, I really love it. For you young people in the audience, Google Baby Huey. Yeah, yeah. And so I, I wrote a prayer, you know, and I think we all probably need to do this. You know, I, you, you, you bag on me sometimes because I like conviction. I like to know what I'm doing wrong so that I can fix it. And so I, I wrote this prayer, Lord, I surrender. Make me who you want me to be. And going back to even our first question, about our flesh, you said the biggest impediment to our maturity is our flesh. Feelings, thoughts, and our own desires. And isn't that where too many of us live? Um, and that, that is the definition of immaturity. Yeah, yeah. Carnal Christians are real believers who just refuse to grow up in the Lord. And so you said, what kind of what kind of spiritual food do you eat? You ask all these questions, you know. And um, sometimes it just kind of gets on people's nerves. <laughs> <laughs> you asked us, how about Ju- your... Judging from my email, it a, a lot often gets on people's nerves. <laughs> you asked, how about your devotion time? Well, why don't you just mind your own business, Pastor <laughs> Don't be asking us these questions. How about your prayer time? Ooh, you know, how do you... Yeah. Um, do you converse with Jesus throughout the day? And then how about your personal prayer time? I'm like, what's the difference between your prayer time and your personal prayer time? But anyway, and then what about your knowledge of God's word? And uh, is the word your priority? And then, you know, you ask, how about the balance? We demonstrate knowing the word by doing it. You know, Melissa's talking about this facilitator over there, just talking, talking, talking. But what's happening? Are they really serving others or are they doing a disservice? So all those questions, you know, and so to get back to me personally, how is my devotion time? Do I really sit down and read the Bible every day? Yes, I do. No problem there. The problem is, am I hearing anything from the Lord? Because I can read it. But am I really taking the time for the Lord to speak to me. And um, so that's, I, I, you know, yes. <laughs> do I get it every day? Sometimes I do. And there are other times I can read and read three chapters trying to get something, and I just, it's time to go, and I have to walk away and say, Lord, I'm going to trust that me putting it in, you'll bring it out. And that's been the coolest thing with the Philemon, verse 6. I pray that you be active in sharing your faith so that you, Paula, know all the good things that you have in Christ. It's been fun. And I'm not a phone person, but I've been on the phone a little bit more recently, and really it's kind of been a blast because the Holy Spirit's really answering the deep questions and concerns of other people. <laughs> we're different. We're so different. I, I'd rather go to the dentist and be on the phone. I would too, really. I want to talk to people in person, you know, kind of thing. <laughs> Paula, we'll come back to it because there's a couple of things that, that I want to talk about, about okay. maturity and immature. Okay. But let's first go to Converse, Texas and talk with Mary on line one. Mary, thank you for calling. You're on the air. Oh, thank you, uh, Paula and Ron. I appreciate y'all so much. Um, thank you. Well, uh, I've been uh, saved many years now, and um, thank the Lord, I'm a new creature, <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, so to speak. Um, I have a friend that is in a Bible study and has been for years and years, and uh, I know she just loves the Lord to death, and uh, I would consider her just such a 
real good Christian and everything, and she has studied the been in Bible studies for just years, 40 years, maybe more. Uh, but there's something that kind of bothers me. They had a Bible study with somebody or something, and so she comes back to tell me, she says, um, oh, you've got, uh, you better do some research because you've got sin hanging over you and everything. But uh, I said, well, what? you know, yes, I do sin here and there, but I'm convicted right away with the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. But I'm not sure what you mean. And she said, Oh, no, no. She said, these are years of generation sins that are mm-hmm. on you and your you and your family. And I said, mm-hmm. but I'm, I'm a new creature in Christ. <clears throat> My sins have been forgiven. And, uh, you know, I'm born again. <laughs> and, yep. oh, well, I, that doesn't matter. You have to go back because that's probably why you have problems in your life or sickness or this or that with your family and um because you got these curses over your family from past generation well mm. i just don't i just don't buy that <laughs> yeah. i mean because mm. the word of god says i'm a new person yeah. mm-hmm. mary let me and, and i want you to take this deeply into your heart um paul and i were talking about mature versus immature christians mm-hmm. at the beginning i have no doubt that your friend loves the lord but she is an immature Christian, and, and her Bible reading is read through a, a charismatic perspective. Again, I want to say this. We are charismatics here at Calvary Chapel, but uh, this, this prosperity nonsense and health and wealth stuff and generational curses, uh, that, that is a definition of an immature Christian. And your discernment, Mary, is kicking in. Second uh, Corinthians 5.17 said that when you gave your life to Jesus, you're a new creature, the old is gone, and the new has come. Uh, the Bible talks over and over and over about how God um, won't hold the sons responsible for the sins of the Father. And the one place in Exodus chapter twenty where he talks about that, he says um, that the sins of the son or the sins of the fathers will be visited on the sons uh, to the third and fourth generation. Here's the key to those who hate God, and you neither hate God, you love God. You've proven that by asking Jesus into your heart. So this is a person that you probably don't want to talk to about biblical stuff, except to tell her that she is desperately wrong. Um, you can tell her you talk to me, and, and, and this is a place where I get righteously angry. I've just seen too many lives shipwrecked uh, because they believe this this false teaching nonsense. Uh, and Mary, you've got a good handle on who you are in Christ, what God has done for you, and it's best for you simply to avoid even talking to people who have an immature view of Scripture if they're unwilling to be corrected. So you you know who you are in Christ. Hold on to that. And he looks at you. You know what he says, Mary? <laughs> Nothing to do with your family. Paul is smiling because she knows mm, what I'm going to say. So go ahead. All beautiful you are, my darling. There is no flaw in you. And, and boy, believe me, Mary, when, when, you, when you really ex- accept that, everything changes. And I can hear the joy in your voice. Just don't let anybody with false teaching mm-hmm. steal it. Go ahead, mm-hmm. Paul. Yeah, Mary, uh, it's good to hear from you again as well. Um, I'm, I'm sure you're the one who raised your grandson and would have a Bible study in the home for him and a couple of his friends back in the day. But Mary, you sound like a very meek person. Um, that doesn't mean weak, but meek person. And your friend is probably a little bit a little bit more boisterous, forceful, and um, having been in a Bible study, you said she was there for like 40 years. Oh, she knows what she's talking about, you know, and so, um, but you do too. And in Proverbs 3, it says, don't let loyalty and common sense leave you. You stay loyal to the Lord and retain your common sense. And like Pastor Ron was saying, you know, I love you, but we're not going to talk about this kind of stuff today. If you want to be my friend, um, we're going to be in heaven together, um, I'm, I'm sure. But, you know, you won't listen, and I'm going to stop listening. Mm-hmm. So. You know, Mary, when people stop listening, we stop talking. Mm-hmm. And it's just time to move on. 
And uh, somebody who's been in these kind of Bible studies for uh, for 40 years, and I can tell you what kind of church they go to. There's a lot of spitting and sweating and, and hooping and howling. Yeah, yelling and running and dancing and kind of stuff. But 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 that's flesh. That's pandering to the to the carnal nature. And we like reasons for the the things that go wrong in our life. Oh, it must be what my mom did or what my dad did or what their parents did. And and uh, there's no such thing as a generational curse. You might as well rebuke pink elephants because there's just no such thing as a generational curse. So, Mary, hold on to what you know. Now, when Paula said meek, one other thing I want to comment on. Meek means, the definition of meek is power under control. And you might be a little less confrontational or a little less, less bold. But remember, immaturity is bold because there's no substance. And you've got the substance of knowing who you are in Christ, what he's done for you. And, oh, Mary, hold on to that and never let anybody shake you from it. Thank you, Mary. What a great phone call, especially in line with uh, our talking briefly about maturity Mm -hmm. versus immaturity. Mm -hmm. Let's go take a call now from Jimmy on line two. Jimmy, thanks for calling. You're on the air. Hi, Miss Paula. Hi, Pastor Ron. Hi, Jimmy. See, Jimmy, when Paula's here, I'm chopped liver. She comes first. <laughs> it's, it's my show. And uh, he's a gentleman. You know, when I was, no, that's true. You know, when you, I asked you that question about about forgiveness, remember? Yes. Mm-hmm. And to pray for those who persecute you. Well, I was praying. I, uh, at one time, I was praying for, for my, uh, my, my boss to, uh, to get transferred to another place, but ask the Lord to give her the same pay and all that. And, you know, because of the way she was acting. And then, and then I asked God, then I turned and I started asking God, you, uh, to, what is God, to just touch her with the Holy Spirit and to change her heart and to bring her to Him. Mm-hmm. Because I want her saved. But, mm-hmm. And and uh, I know I know I understood what you were saying yet, uh, the other day, and I was been praying for that. And I just pray that God just touches her heart and brings her to Him. Yeah. You know, Jimmy, some some sometimes these difficult people in our lives because we need them, and God uses them to sort of round out the rough edges uh, in our our hearts and. And he, he uses them to bring us to a deeper place of maturity. And that's exactly what we're watching happen uh, with you. So when you can now pray for her to get saved, and that's a desire of your heart, God bless you, dear brother. That's that's exactly where God wants your heart to be. Amen. Thank you, Jimmy. Mm-hmm. God bless. Well, Paula, we are now inside of four minutes. One thing I wanted to say, you were talking about immaturity. Mm-hmm. Um, one, of the, one of the exhortations that I asked the church this past Sunday, uh, was to, to use their phones to record themselves praying. Mm-hmm. Uh, we all got these recording devices now that we can use. Mm-hmm. And when, when I, I challenge them, is your prayer life all about you? God, mm-hmm. I need this. God, give me this. God, why, why is this happening to mm-hmm. me? Mm-hmm. If the personal pronouns are I, me, mine, or my, mm-hmm. then, then um, it, it demonstrates that we are immature. Mm-hmm. And if we would, and I said, here's the best way, just record yourself praying. Mm-hmm. And don't perform for the recording. Mm-hmm. Just be normal. Mm-hmm. But when you pray, you can listen to yourself and you're going to see just how self-centered your prayers are. And that is definitely a sign of being immature. Yeah, that was number two on your list yeah. of the signs of immaturity. First one was little or no change in their lifestyle or behavior. Still angry, still negative, still ungrateful, unkind and selfish. Number two was, what about the pronouns in your prayer? And I didn't record my prayer, Pastor Ron, but I was in the house and I thought, I'm going to pay attention to what he asked me to do. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to submit to my husband, my pastor, my friend. And, and I put both my fingers in my ear and I began praying in the house. So it's just me and the Lord in the house. And for a minute, I said, oh, man, I'm guilty. I'm guilty <laughs> of number two. I thought I was just kind of guilty of number three and number eight. But um, but just number number two kind of got me, and then it made me stop and think. And then all of a sudden I said, you know what? I can be kind of hard on myself. And so when I start praying, for the most part, I'm always thankful. First thing, Lord, thank you for another day. 
you know, thank you that you woke me up. And today is National Roof Over Your Head Day. And so I usually say, thank you for my home. Thank you that I have a, a I have heat and I have air conditioning, whichever one I want, and whatever, you know, I have carpeting in my house. I have running water, hot and cold. Um, I'm just so thankful for so many things. I have a husband who loves you, me, your word, his calling. I mean, just go on and on. And so the Lord was like, and I was saying, I'm thankful. I'm thankful. So I kept hearing I, but I'm thankful to the one who Well, that, that's a different. Provided. that's a different use of the personal pronoun. Mm-hmm. And we're running out of time, so we've got to get through this quickly. But, okay. but the idea is we need to be praying. Our prayers ought to consist of much more time praying for others yeah. Yeah. than for ourselves. That's right. Make me who you want me to be, Lord, so that I could love like you love. Yeah. And, and, see, and that, that's that, not bad. Yeah, that, that's a mature prayer. Um, Lord, whatever it takes to make me more like you. Mm-hmm. That's a mature prayer. Mm-hmm. But but when we listen to ourselves pray, mm-hmm. if we're focused on us, I told the church, you got to get over you. Yeah. you got to get over you because you're in the way of your fruitfulness mm-hmm. with with the Lord in prayer. Mm-hmm. And and uh, so our focus is on praying. Well, I didn't think we were that close to the end of the program. Mm-hmm. Paula, thanks for being here. It's a good show. We can pursue some of this stuff. Mm-hmm. Hey, you've been listening to The Word to Stand Up for Life, the date day show. Thank you for tuning in. We appreciate it more than you know. Lord willing, I'll be back tomorrow on AM 630 The Word at 4 o'clock. We'll see you then. Have a wonderful evening in the Lord. Bye-bye. Thanks for spending this time with Calvary Chapels, The Word to Stand On for Life with Pastor Ron Arbaugh. The Word to Stand On for Life is on every weekday afternoon at 4, and Pastor Ron invites you to find out more about Calvary Chapel at calvarysa.com. The Word to Stand On for Life was sponsored by Calvary Chapel of San Antonio. Morning.